Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Olive Magazine Podcast, a weekly roundup of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. And this is episode 137. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host. Later on in the podcast, drinks writer Hannah discusses how cider's image has changed in recent years and why we should now all be seeking out the really high-end stuff to try. But first up, we have Ellie and Alex chatting about Ellie's recent trip to Belize, where to find the best cinnamon buns in Palencia, the joy of fried jacks, and the best beachside restaurants to eat at. So, Ellie, you've just got back from the beautiful Belize, haven't you? I have indeed, yes. Very sunny and warm. <laughs> and um, so can you tell um, our listeners a little bit about Belize, you know, yeah. the g- in general, because you might not have heard of it. It's not very, very well known on the tourist trail yet. So. No, it's not, but it definitely, I think it will be soon. So it's only a two-hour flight from Miami, um, and it's kind of on the border with Guatemala but the actual place it's a tiny little country but within about half an hour's drive you've got everything from the jungle to the beaches to cities you've got every kind of landscape terrain and food for that matter and within such a short space of time also it's kind of they call it they kind of argue over what it is they say it might be a melting pot or a fruit bowl but because there's so many influences from china india taiwan the food you can really see that in the food so there's not one distinct cuisine as such but there's lots of different flavors and elements going on did you stay in the jungle or in larger towns yeah so we did a mix of both so we spent about three nights in the jungle and then two nights um in placentia which is down bottom tip um which is by the beach and then we flew to san pedro which is a smaller little island um i think the thing that really i noticed the most about the whole food element was that there are no food franchises at all in the country so um and apparently a couple of years ago they tried to introduce one and everyone just rebelled and did not go there so they said it's never going to happen and so the roadside shacks that you might see are really where people go like that is great that's nice isn't it because often when um american and like west uh, british tourists Mm. go to these places it becomes like you can see mcdonald's burger king it's just not it's not what you want to see in belize is it well no and that's the funny thing like even in the bigger towns where you might expect and belize city which is the capital um in belize city itself we didn't go there but they have this thing called meat pie which is basically pastry with like a beef filling um, and a gravy and that is that's kind of what they say is their fast food and fried chicken from little shacks is the is the fast food did you go to brenda's fried chicken in placentia we did yes um yeah placentia so alex had been to placentia before and so had given me some tips but um that is one so san ignacio which is in the jungle is beautiful and um we stayed at a place called char creek which is all um they say it's kind of eco living in the jungle it's been there since the 1970s i think wow yeah so it's kind Proper of like an institution yeah jungle and, hut hey and the really nice thing about that place is that they have 
a camp. So if you're a backpacker or a traveler, they've got a camp you can all stay at. And then they have these little cottages. So there really is something for everyone kind of accommodation wise. Um, and there they do their own home infused rums. So Ooh. you go to the bar and they've just got Kilner jars full. So there's like allspice and ginger, lemongrass and basil. Amazing. And then they just kind of serve them neat or mix them up however you want. Right. So you can have is, rum every yeah, time of day. All, all the rum. Brunch, lunch, lunch and dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, in San Ignacio, what what is mm. there anywhere to eat that we should go? If, yeah, if so um, so Char Creek where we stayed was about a ten minute drive from San Ignacio town, but then in downtown San Ignacio, there's a place called Pops, which is an all day breakfast spot, um, and it serves fried jacks, which is a staple. So it's a tortilla dough that's been deep fried. Um, but it's not heavy like a donut. It creates a light kind of puff, puffy, savory donut almost. Um, and you can eat these sweet or savory. So you can dip them into like refried beans. You can have them as a side to omelets. Or if you do want something sweet, you can just drizzle with like maple syrup. Mm, yeah, lovely. they're quite Didn't addictive. Have those. Mm. Uh, yeah. So as, as you said, I when I went to Belize, we stayed in a very laid back place called Placencia mm. and um you went didn't you can yeah. you tell people it's, what you found there? yeah so it's definitely so laid back like the place we stayed that you just kind of hop on a bike and cycle into the town and it's just kind of one main street really and then you've got the beach on on either side with the sidewalk which has um places to eat on but um so all the shacks are so colourful and vibrant. Like, it's a beautiful place just to walk around. Um, but Alex had actually told me about one place called John the Bakerman. Oh, John the Bakerman. When I, when I arrived at the <laughs> hotel, I said, to the, I said to one of the women there, I was like, oh, I'm looking for John the Bakerman. She was like, how do you know about John the Bakerman? She was like, I live next to him. I was like, well. <laughs> it's, it's a funny thing because I went with my family about four or five years ago and we were just walking along the road and I saw this little sign and mm. it literally said John the Baker man and I was like I have to go and find Bakery. out what that is <laughs> and um it's this tiny tiny little hut isn't it yeah and you think there was there was no one there and mm. I was very nosy I'm very nosy <laughs> when I'm abroad always trying to find the next place and um I just like put my head in and I was like hello <laughs> and then this guy came from like round yeah. the back and he was like Hi. I can help you. I was like, I want some bread. <laughs> Give me the bread. But the yeah, same thing happened to you, didn't it? Literally, like it kind of it all looks closed, like the shutters are down, but you can smell the bread yeah. and, and the buns. And yeah, he um he just kind of strolls out and kind of I walked in and there were cinnamon buns there, but then the it's so like the are cast iron ovens, like really antique weighing scales. And I walked in and he was just opening the ovens for me to look in. Like you've just got bread proving, but also because it's so warm, the bread's just kind of left out just to rise on its own. Um, but yeah, so I got a cinnamon bun from there mm. and it's, it was great. It's so squidgy and then it's, but it's got currants in as well. And then it had like a sticky icing on top. It's yeah, really squidgy and warm. Great. Great. So um, any more spots for visiting Placencia? Because I think you did a bit more of a comprehensive tour because I was more just kind of chilling. chilling. <laughs> you were definitely on a food I mission, was, weren't you? I was definitely on a food mission. So, um, yeah, so if you want gelato, there's a little place called Tutti Frutti, oh, yes. which um, I had a scoop of pistachio and then a scoop of coconut, which is like flecked with 
fresh coconut, which is really very refreshing. Um, but if you're looking for a beachside restaurant, I'd say Maya Beach Bistro, which is a little um, further out of Placencia. But it's, um, it's beautiful. It's this open-sided hut and it's just strung with like fairy lights. And then you've just got the sound of swishing palm trees in the background because it's literally right on the beachfront and lobster is their thing and this is great yeah so everywhere we went in in belize we were all shocked because lobster is lobster is just so accessible over there and so common like it's not that big a thing and so we were definitely making the most of the lobster so um yeah we started with this lobster bread pudding which is this squishy brioche rolls and they're soaked in a vanilla brandy bisque but they're not it's not that sweet because um, then you've got the really rich um, lobster meat as well. Amazing. But then moving on to the mains, the lobster grill, the lobster grilled cheese came recommended. And if you're after something hearty, I would say it because yeah, it sounds quite heavy. Very it's rich. Kind of like um, chunks of lobster, and then it's in like a cheese sauce sandwich between bread. But it's it's pretty it indulgent. Pretty good. <laughs> but good. Uh, yes. Um, and yeah, as much as I'd like to spend my mm. whole trip just <laughs> chilling in Placentia because it's very laid back and oh, um, you definitely feel like you're on an island, don't you? Yeah. But um, you visited. San Pedro as well, didn't you? Yeah. So that's um so is San that Pedro in the west? Is, um further up the coast. Mm-hmm. Um and you have to get a little you have to get a flight there. But um as with the transport, it's it's not your average flight. We were in a rickety <laughs> six-seater. I was actually flying with the pilot, so you nice. know um, making friends. So be prepared for that. But um yes, yeah, so San Pedro is I'd say that's the most western place we went, and you definitely um like when you're talking to people there, you there is kind of, they know that it's becoming quite Americanized, but um, a really great way to find some great places to eat is to book onto the Belize food tours. So it's run by this guy called Philippe and his sister Dora, who grew up on the island. And they're basically running these um, tours in the evening and they take you to seven different spots on the island that are all local, run by locals, so that you're you're getting a true sense of the island. Great. Um, I think uh, sometimes um, people stick their nose up a little bit at food tours, but mm-hmm. we, like Olive, we really encourage you to do that because I'm going, for example, I'm going to Tokyo soon and I'm going around with someone because... Yeah. These guys really are the experts and they know what they're talking about. Yes, there are some really commercial ones Mm -hmm. that you want to stay away from, but usually you can get a feel of um, if they're going to be good or not. So I like really recommend like not not turning your nose up and, you know, letting somebody else help you Mm. as well. That's the thing. And I think, (laughs) you know, we can't always be the expert. No, we can't. These people live there. Yeah. And I think the lovely thing about this one... um, um, Philippe took us on it and at each spot he had like photos from when he was growing up there and when he'd been to these little restaurants so you could see they basically still looked exactly the same yeah. and we went to this amazing place called Brianna's Food Palace and when I say no frills it is it's no frills you literally just walk in there's a few plastic tables and chairs but the food there it just kept on coming and it was amazing so we had um empanadas and then salbutes, which is, again, it's the corn tortilla that's been deep fried. And then it's topped with like a chicken stew and red cabbage and salsa. And then we had um, the fried jacks again. And um, I'm going to probably say this wrong, gar- garnashes? 
which is again the corn tortilla with refried beans and shredded cabbage that time. And so you, there's a lot of corn and there's a yeah. lot of deep frying, but um, a lot of beans, a lot of beans, <laughs> but they're kind of all done in different ways, so it doesn't feel that repetitive. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, and also it's all really like fresh. Probably, well, that's the that thing, and they're literally just frying them right there yeah. so um but if you are looking for something fresher we um lv's kitchen is another place and they do a really great coconut shrimp curry so there's a lot of coconut um milk out there as well and that was a lot lighter and yeah i'd recommend that place. what about pudding pudding so yeah pudding is not really that we had a running joke when we were out there because every menu seemed to have like a key lime pie on the menu Ooh. and when it arrived none we must have tried about six and none of them were actually lime oh. or some some of them came with salt in like we were like oh this is a reinterpretation of key lime pie um, that's so bizarre it was very funny but um if you are looking for dessert and you're in san pedro i'd say go to dnes which is um a frozen custard shop so interesting it's a bit weird. and when i tried to convince the people i was with i was like does anyone want frozen custard they were like mm, not sure um but yeah so it's this is actually run by an american couple that have lived on the island for about 30 years and it's inspired by a treat you have in coney island so instead of ice cream it's just made with whole milk sugar and eggs and it's thickly churned and Ooh. it's um so it's not icy at all it's kind of like gelato but like the next level like clotted up. cream i'm like imagining basically like clotted, <laughs> oh, yeah. like you've got two scoops of clotted cream um sounds great but the the flavors there are amazing so we had a pumpkin pie one we had one with like maple and like whole pecan nuts in and they've just like you go in and there's a whiteboard and it's just covered in writing with like different flavors and amazing. then so you can yeah. match. yeah it's really great well you def definitely maybe want to go back. Yes, <laughs> that is the aim. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you can check out Ellie's gorgeous guide to Belize in the February issue. Uh, we've done an Insta travel on it, so it's, it looks very, very pretty. And um, that's out on newsstands now. But you can also head to olivemagazine.com for her foodie tips. And there's lots of places that you haven't mentioned. There but, are, um, yes. You can go so all around explore. the island. <laughs> yes. So happy traveling. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Ellie. Uh, hey guys, um, it's Adam from Olive, obviously, you're listening, and with uh, Hannah, our resident drinks writer, and we are in a little cosy um, conference room just talking about everything cider. Yes, indeed. So, um, Adam, when I say cider, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Well, for me, it is cheap cider. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I drank quite a lot of it while I was at uni. Um, yeah, as, as you everyone know. does. You know, it wasn't didn't have that much money, and cider is often a good way um, to get fairly cheap alcohol. I'll be honest, and also there's like that sort of thing in England of like you know sitting on a park bench and drinking cider. So probably my like my experience with cider probably isn't like the most high end, isn't the best, to be honest. What about because obviously you're from the well, obviously, but you're from the West Country, yes, um, which everyone knows is the home of cider yeah um so what's your preconception of cider like did you have do you have a different view of it growing up or um i so yeah i'm a big cider drinker um i definitely i see where cider has an image problem mm -hmm. i am a fan of both really good ciders and also although i still think these are good proper scrumpy yeah you know, farmhouse style stuff mm -hmm. stuff that will like you know make you go blind no yes not quite but hardly make ever. you go loopy <laughs> i think 
Um, so you, yeah, it is. It's what it's. Every time I bring every time I bring up cider, most people usually say, "Oh yeah, it's um it's a bit you know, bit cheap. Yes, or yeah. um bit too sweet. Mm-hmm. Get a lot of you know very 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 fruity sweet ciders. Mm-hmm. So I think everyone assumes." That that's all. It's all. It's all the that's, same yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's all the same stuff. Um, or if they think about scrumpy, I mean, even though I personally love scrumpy, yeah, I realize it's not a love shared by everyone else. No. Um, you know, it can be a bit funky, and it is. You know. Yeah, it, I mean, it it does have that sort of farmyard reputation. Yeah, and like I'm really, really strong. Not gonna lie, I have bought it in unlabeled bottles before. Wow, so that's it's the dream. Of, that's the yeah, dream. Very rustic, delicious, but mm-hmm. maybe it's not for everyone. Let's just say no. that. Um. And you know it doesn't help that um, you know if you want to if you want to call something cider, yeah, it has to have just thirty five percent apple juice. Only thirty five percent. That's the legal that's the legal requirement. Um, so often a lot of ciders, you know, they'll then be topped up with water, sugar. So they'll have like it'll be like apple apple juice from concentrate, basically. Then um, yeah, potentially, or even yeah. just but even just fresh apple juice is just thirty five percent. Yeah, so, right. Um, so yeah, I think the problem is is that the quality can be really uneven. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions about cider um you know even just the fact that some people say oh i only drink cider in the summer it's a summer drink yeah right i drink cider year round yes um surely it's a very good drink to keep you warm as well i think I, yes i think so <laughs> um it's also the fact that a lot of ciders can be really really strong um yeah some of the stronger ones will be like you know seven eight nine percent yeah and because it's quite sweet and drinkable mm-hmm. it you you know it can catch up it, to you quite quickly yeah i think, I think yeah. a lot of people have had bad like bad hangovers from cider mm-hmm. but cider actually has been around and he's been you know we've been making cider in this country for hundreds of years mm-hmm. and um i think what i would love people to know is and i'm sure some people do but i think the message needs to be spread out a bit further is you know there are so many you know cider makers both here and actually across the world yeah who take who take making it you know really seriously yes. the same kind of level of craft and care that they would that a winemaker would take to making, you know, God, really fine yeah, vintages. Yeah, yeah. Um, people like people might recognise names like um, Tom Oliver, um, who's kind of acknowledged as like one of the biggest. And is that what the cider is called? Cider. Is Tom Oliver, or is it's that called, is the, no? It's the maker. Um, that, that's the person who makes it. That's right. the person who makes it. Yeah. So he's like, um, you know, he makes. He's really well respected. Right. Um, his ciders have won all sorts of awards. Are, are you allowed to say what they're called? Um, there's, they're usually called like Tom, Tom Oliver's. Uh, okay, Oliver's right, right. Uh, right, so it's like, types. yeah, right. Okay. Um, he's, and, um, he's been doing interesting things with like Oh, Amazing. Um, he's been around for a while. There's lots of like kind of new makers who have kind of sprung up in the last mm-hmm. few years and they're doing all sorts of interesting things. Um, you know, for example, ciders made with like, you know, much higher levels of apple juice. Yeah. Um, or focusing on specific varieties of apples, mm-hmm. or um, have you seen? Have you seen some like barrel aged as well, kept in yeah, oak and things bar- to give yeah. them like a little bit of like obviously like those nuances that you get with wine and other things. So exactly, yes. Yeah. So aged for a while, or um, there's a lot of focus, as is with say natural wine, mm-hmm. kind of minimal, minimal intervention. Yeah, right. Or cider fermented using wild yeasts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of inter- interesting things going on mm-hmm. in the world of cider. Um, what I wanted to kind of focus on today so we don't sort of <laughs> meander, don't explode and meander and talk about cider <laughs> for hours. Um, which we probably could. Which, yes, I mean, I definitely could. Um, is to talk about um, 
kind of really high-end sparkling ciders um, that you're starting to see a lot more of. Um, mm -hmm. And these will be kind of, they'll be in appearance and taste really similar to like a sparkling wine yeah. or champagne. Um, and they're often made in the same way that a champagne is using the, tr the traditional method, which, um, do you know what? Um, I know how champagne's made, so yeah. Um, well, just, well, we'll explain to everyone else. Basically, it's like you make your base wine and then you bottle it with yeast and sugar is that right yeah so you well you, so you make a base wine that's fermented and turned to wine and yes. then you're right you put it in the bottle mm -hmm. and then you add more like you said more yeast and sugar yeah and then you bottle it and that that undergoes a second fermentation right and that creates all the bubbles yeah that you get and often that sort of like creamy yeasty sort of note is from that extra yeast mm. and obviously like the yeast then feeds on that sugar and creates like then they have to turn all the bottles every day and that's what creates like that real intense fizz that you get from from champagne and that kind of lovely biscuity buttery mm. i mean yeah champagne is delicious yes so. it's, it's, it most certainly is but um, we have we, digress, uh, we have a little cider here to try which is the gospel green original cider with a y is there a difference between a y or is that just like traditional english spelling um Maybe it's traditional in spelling. I'm not sure. I've always spelt it with an I, but so we're just pouring it now. It, it's in a champagne, like sort of a champagne star bottle. And hopefully you'll be able to hear it bubbling away. So interesting. I was doing a bit of research about the traditional method. And this is controversial and I might get, I might get, I might get might some get complaints from some French people about this. Yeah. Um, I, it's been claimed that the traditional method was actually invented in England before it was discovered in France. Wow, I think that, um, yeah, that's, that's, that, that would definitely supposedly, be Supposedly, I'm not going to say it's definitely happened. Yeah. This was based on, you know, just a bit of research I did. Mm -hmm. But yes, yeah, supposedly in the late 19th century, it was um, discovered. Late 19th or late, late it, 17th? Not, not 19th. That was wrong. In the late 17th yeah, century. Yeah. Um, I, thought, I thought so. Otherwise, it would be like, mm, I think that maybe the French did invent it yeah, first. <laughs> well, anyway, let's uh, cheers. Let's have a try. Cheers. Well, first of all, that's obviously delicious. It's but very delicious. In terms of it, like equating it with champagne, it has that sort of dryness mm. that, like, Pete, that obviously it's very nice to start like a sort of celebration with. I guess mm. that sort of it's not overly sweet; it's dry. I mean, it has a lot of has that sort of yeasty, biscuity flavour to it, which is mm. obviously delicious. And it's got, I think, added. It's got, it's still got a sort of quite subtle appley funk to it. Mm. Um, so this side, I don't know if you mentioned, it's called yeah, Gospel Green. Um, original cider. Gospel Green is a kind of small cider brand uh, based in Hampshire and they've actually been making cider since 1990. Um, so this cider is made uh, using the traditional method, which as we've just talked, um, you can really sort of tell, you know, in the in the kind of dry biscuitiness mm -hmm. and in, you know, really sort of quite, like it's quite effervescent and bubbly, but quite gentle. It's got a quite yeah. gentle mouthfeel. Yeah, it's not. It's not too like it doesn't feel like. Often times when you, when you know that CO two has been like pumped into something, mm. it's kind of like really aggressive. This is just kind of like a smooth, but it's bubbly, but it kind of, they kind of melt in your mouth. Yeah, it's really. I mean, it's really lovely to drink, and as Adam said, um, it's a great thing. To, you know, as an aperitif or mm -hmm. if you're celebrating something. Um, so this is obviously the market that they're aiming for. This is they're trying yeah. to like get in on that sort of. This is not for either sitting in like a pub garden mm. and having three pints and being you know no pretty, you're not pretty you're, smashed you're not gonna this this is this is for like a special occasion that you crack open for something yeah, and, you, and you actually you don't drink a pint of it you drink it by the flute so you really think about it you enjoy it you you don't yeah. really just guzzle it like you might well, not even for a special occasion it might be just that you have a glass of it mm -hmm. with dinner it's the kind of thing that you would you would think to pair with food as well so what what percentage is this um what? so it's 8.4 percent abv which mm -hmm. for a cider is strong 
But in comparison with a champagne, which would be or sparkling wine, 11 or 12 would be yeah, eleven or twelve. Um, but again, you know, you, it's the kind of thing you were drinking it. I would drink this from a wine glass. Yeah, um, yeah. You're not going to be. Well, I mean, you could, but I wouldn't. It's best appreciated. You know, you want to savor it. Slowly, so so yeah, it yeah. is, and also it. it um, you can buy it on um, the Gospel Green's website, which is gospelgreen.co.uk. Um, it's retailing at the moment for twelve ninety five. Yep. Um, so. You know, actually, it works out. It's econ- it's economically, it's, it's yeah, pretty it's, good as it's well. It's actually quite affordable. Um, and actually, if you want a special drink mm-hmm. and, and you want something that's been made with a lot of love and care and attention, um, this is a great choice. Um, I did uh, in the uh, July issue last year, I did a little roundup of, of these sparkling ciders. So, a couple of other brands to look out for are um, uh, Fowey Valley Sparkling Vintage Cider. Um, mm-hmm. In Cornwall, nice. Um, those that does a really nice. This smells quite sweet in the nose, but actually, it's, it's much more tangy and funky on the palate. And um, Fine and Foster are a Devon-based one, and they um, do a lot of work with kind of reviving and restoring kind of old old orchards. Okay, cool. Right. Um, and they do a uh, a similar kind of a, a, a cider made using, using the traditional method, and they also do some um, pet nuts as well. And um, What's a pet nut is a petillon natural which is yes. the correct pronunciation. Right. Um, so a pet nat is a very tre- it's quite trendy at the moment, particularly in the wine world. It's yeah. where um, um, the wine is bottled before the fermentation is complete. Right, so okay. It produces very gentle bubbles. Um, right, so you're not, you're basically, you're, you're, not, not, you're, not, to, you're not adding yeast not, or sugar no into it. You're, you're, not, you're basically, you're stopping it before it reaches its full fermentation yeah. and then you're corking it so all that is sort of trapped. So the bubbles the, yes, will trap right. and, it will just ca- and it will just, I think, ferment to completion. Yeah. Um, Yes, and yeah, so those are three ones to try. Also, um, if you kind of want to explore cross cider um, further, mm-hmm. there's a really nice little book called Cider Insider. Cider it's a bit Insider, of a yeah, Cider Insider that. by Susanna Forbes. Um, she's the founder of another another cross cider brand mm-hmm. called Little Pomona, um, and that's just a really interesting. It's got a it's, um, guide to lots of different cider brands across the world. Um, so if you want to get your cider geek on, um, do check it out. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you very much for uh, talking all things cider with me. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you liked this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. We'd really love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our new February issue on the newsstand now or go and download the app version. Bye for now and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.